Everybody buckle into your chaos suits. <laughs> We're doing something new. So we put this together a couple of months ago. It's been a while. So the sound quality, sort of like early cast files. Yeah. But the idea is something that I believe I just came up with and made you my guinea pig. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. So the idea of would you watch this is I watch a movie because TV shows, TV series would be too long. But I watch a movie and then I describe the movie to David without telling him what it is to see if he would watch it. So basically like what I do with the X-Files episodes where I go through and I tell you what's happening... But instead of it being an X-Files episode that we've both watched and that we're retelling, David's never seen this. Yep. And so in the end, we go through the whole thing, and then in the end, we see if he would watch it or not. And it will be spoilery, so if it's a movie that you haven't seen, it's just me telling you what happens. But I think it would still, even if you haven't seen this movie, if it's something that you would be interested in seeing, obviously watching it is going to be a whole different experience than listening to me <laughs> talk about what is happening. <laughs> so in essence, we just want to know, would you watch this? This is Would You Watch This? A podcast where I, Kristen Riley, watch and relay a movie to Dave Reed. That he's never seen to see if he would watch this movie. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. I'm not going to tell you the year or the genre, but you'll be able to figure out the genre pretty quickly. Here is... My, actually, here, here is the genre. <laughs> Here's my, uh, my, my own IMDb summary. Slasher Inception. Slasher Inception. Okay. Uh, right now I'm out. <laughs> I'm saying nope. <laughs> I would not watch this. Dang it. I should have changed it. Two of my least favorite things. <laughs> you don't like slasher movies? No, no. Remember, I don't like horror movies unless it's like supernatural. Because I can suspend my disbelief in supernatural things. So when people make stupid decisions or whatever. That's right. I've already suspended my disbelief because it's a supernatural thing. It's Freddy Krueger in your dreams. It's... I'll even go Michael Myers because he's invincible. That is a slasher, though. He, yeah, he is, but he's he's supernatural to slasher. Okay. But, like, Saw and what? Eh, I don't remember because <laughs> I don't watch these movies. When, when people in those movies make stupid decisions, I'm like, that's the stupidest possible thing you could have done, and it just annoys the hell out of me. Whereas, I already explained it. So, okay. Yeah. So, I'm already starting off with a no. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Change See if my this mind. changes at all. All right. This film starts with a trailer for an old school Friday the 13th-esque slasher film called Camp Bloodbath. <laughs> so we're watching... Oh, we're watching a commercial. All right. <laughs> it features a group of counselors at Camp Bluefinch. Here are some of the lines. Where romance in the sun can turn deadly, is what the voiceover says. At Camp Bluefinch, the counselors are being terrorized by a masked killer. This is the summer that can change your life. <laughs> Is another line from the commercial. The scenes cut to various shots of women without their pants or their shirts are unbuttoned. Standard slasher stuff. And this, this is the best line of the whole trailer. They won't be singing Kumbaya. They'll be screaming Kumbaya. No. Wow. <laughs> and they 
actually write it in bloody font on the screen. Wow. And then you see the final girl of the Camp Bloodbath saying, you just messed with the wrong virgin. (laughs) And that's her line. So watching the trailer on her phone is Max Cartwright. So that was the trailer. Now we're in our show now. Her mother, Amanda, was one of the leads in that film in Camp Bloodbath. As Max waits for her mom in the car while her mom is at an audition, Max reads the back of her mom's headshot. So we see Amanda's headshot, and on the back of it, we can see that she was the lead in such films as Co-Ed Massacre, Stepmom 2, Revenge of Diane, and Camp Bloodbath. (laughs) Fucking Diane. She also had a supporting role in the best horror movie that took place in a mall, Chopping Mall. No joke, Chopping Mall was on that list. How did they get... The real, how were they able to use the real movie there and then have to make up the rest? I don't know. Eh. Chopping Mall was so good. <laughs> Amanda is a bit discouraged, so that's the mom. Uh, since she feels like she's, oh, so Amanda comes out of the audition. Max sees her face, and, and you can, we're seeing Max's face, and Max's face falls. You can see that Amanda's not excited about this. Amanda is a bit discouraged since she feels like she's only known for Camp Bloodbath, that she's been typecast. Although she she also had an arc on CSI as a bipolar mistress. <laughs> Max tells her mom she's too good for this. To set the scene, they're having this conversation, this part of the conversation, in the car. And they're parked in the parking lot of a strip mall. It's one of those two-story strip malls that we don't have right around here, but they're it's just a two-story strip mall. Ugh. I had no idea that they had auditions in these places. Because I guess I always thought that you were going to a studio, like a studio lot in Hollywood. But no, they're just at a strip mall. (laughs) Amanda wonders if she'll ever live down that role from 20 years ago. She tells Max, if you ever become an actor, don't do a slasher flick. Let's see. Has anybody broken through? Jamie Lee Curtis. She's broken through. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody else. I'm sure there's others. You can possibly say Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, but... Not really. Mm. She was on Just the Ten of Us. I don't know what that is. That was a spinoff of Growing Pains. Oh. Where the coach from Growing Pains moved to like Oregon or something with his wife and ten daughters. So many. No. It must be eight daughters. Eight daughters, yeah. Because, yeah. Because they left two back at the original place. <laughs> All right. So in, back in the movie that we're watching, um, as they drive to Mel's, which I'm assuming is that hot dog place, <laughs> Max is reading Bill's. And her mom mentions some guy who was supposed to take her to Palm Springs that weekend, but he never called or texted. Wait, does this take place in Tampa? Why, what would make you say that? Mel's the hot dog place, and Palm Springs is close enough to drive. Where's Palm Springs? It's in Florida, isn't it? On the other coast. I didn't know we had a Palm Springs. Oh, is Palm Springs in California? Yes. Oh, never mind then. (laughs) Max tells her to forget the loser in his shady Palm Springs hotel room. She's more concerned about how they're going to find the $179 for this bill. So they're just having a mother-daughter chat, but it's kind of a role reversal situation. Amanda grabs the bills and tosses them out the car window. She puts on the radio, which is playing Kim Card's Betty Davis Eyes. It's Amanda's favorite song. Her uh, Max's mom is lip syncing. They're probably actually singing, but in the movie, we only see them lip syncing and we hear the song and it's singing and dancing in the car. Mother, daughter having a great time. Max says she's being a dork, as your teenage daughter would do. And her mom says, you know, everything in my life I got wrong. But you, I got right. I love you. Yeah, you know that, right? Amanda turns the radio up and the two lip sync and dance. It's very cute. 
As they're dancing, Max accidentally spills her milkshake and she spills them into the floor, into the footwell, which is where Amanda's headshots are. Amanda says, oh, be careful, Max, those are expensive, and reaches down. She's distracted, which causes her to hit the only car. <laughs> they zoom out in a bit and it's the only car ever in this part of town. <laughs> but she causes her to hit a car and they roll against traffic cones and tumble hard across a deserted street. Just tumble, 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 tumble. Wow. How fast was she going? You know, when you're singing and dancing to your favorite song. You gotta hit at least 120. Yeah. So then the opening card shows and now it's three years later. Max's mom died in the car crash. Oh no. Yeah. Max is now living with her aunt. We see her getting ready for something. As she does this, she's watching VHS tapes of her and her mom when she was young, even younger, because she's a teenager here, when she was a little kid, and they're singing and dancing in the backyard. She's watching these tapes. Her aunt calls her downstairs and says her friend Gertie is here. (laughs) (laughs) Teenage girls named Gertie. Yep. And the next shot is Max and her friend Gertie driving. Gertie's driving the car and Max is in the passenger seat. So very similar to the previous shot of Max in the passenger seat and her mom driving. Gertie asks Max how their friend Chris asked her to come study. So they're driving over somewhere to this Chris guy. <laughs> Gertie is a character. She says, so how did he ask you? Hey, I want you to come study or I want you to come study. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's great best friend picking on you because you're going to go see some guy that you like. Apparently Chris broke up with his girlfriend last week and the girlfriend isn't taking it well. Gertie says, have you seen what she posted on her Facebook? It's a suicide note slash poem. Uh, I've been reading it out loud to myself a lot. (laughs) We see them at a diner and that's where they're studying. Chris is on one side of the booth and Gertie and Max are on the other. Gertie's just hanging out. It doesn't look like she's there to study. It looks like she's there to just drive Max. Whatever. Chris is helping her, is helping Max with the classics. And Gertie asks if Max should be writing any of this down. She's not (laughs) taking any notes. And Chris says, she can copy my notes. I have notes. I have copies of notes. You can have them. If you want them, you can have them. (laughs) It's awkward, but it's cute. And I said, oh, young love. He is a very milquetoast character. He's just a tall, blonde sports kid in high school (laughs) who takes good notes yeah apparently it's good in classics so hey uh but that's who who he is i like classics is the thing that they're studying because that's public domain yes (laughs) (laughs) gertie's stepbrother duncan comes into the diner max is not happy to see him he's pleading with max to attend a double feature for camp bloodbath and its sequel camp bloodbath 2 cruel summer he calls camp bloodbath fans Bathmaticians. Huh. <laughs> Duncan proceeds to explain the plot of the movie, which is a solid 70s or 80s thriller. I guess it's supposed to be 80s. I said it was a 70s, but really the 80s. Uh, he banters with his his stepsister, Gertie. They, they are steps. But it's really funny because he says something like, oh, my bathmaticians were so excited to hear that my sister was best friends with the lead's daughter. And Gertie says, step sister and he says why do you say that hurts (laughs) they've got some cute banter also i've got a prediction if you want to hear it okay or should i let it go no go ahead max did it Ooh, interesting max is the slasher that's my (laughs) prediction 
All right. So they're, they have a good dynamic, these, the step-siblings. Max says no and starts to leave the diner. Of course, she doesn't want to go to see this slasher movie for the fans of her dead mother uh, three years later. Just come on, Duncan. Chill a little bit. But he's desperate, so he tells her he'll do all of her classics assignments and papers for the rest of the year. Apparently, it's the only way she won't fail, so she decides to show up. That's how he gets her there. Yeah, okay. Gertie meets Max as Max is standing outside the theater that night at the double feature. They banter about Chris, about how Max would need stilts to kiss him. And surprise, Chris shows up. He's there for moral support. So he hadn't been invited, but he was there through the whole banter thing. So he shows up. Gertie goes inside, being a good friend, to let Max and Chris chat outside. And Chris sees the movie poster for Camp Bloodbath. He says, wow, your mom was gorgeous. It was her a picture of her mom from 20 years ago, so whatever. And he's like, oh, I guess that's a little weird. But whatever. I think it's kind of weird in that charming way that new crushes are trying to talk to each other. And also, yes, your mom was gorgeous. So whatever. It turns out that the show, the double feature show, falls on the anniversary of Amanda's death, which is super tacky. Come on, Duncan. And Max says, at least I get to see her. Okay. They encounter Chris's ex-girlfriend, because remember Chris broke up with his girlfriend last week and she wasn't taking it well suicide note poem yes she shows up in a car honking the horn stopping the car (laughs) some guy named tyson is driving she says tyson tyson wanted to come oh i didn't want to come she's making up all this tyson 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 oh my abs are shredded from laughing so hard he's so funny (laughs) we never see tyson again He is an obvious decoy. When she's asked about it inside, once they're all inside the theater except Tyson, oh, he got uh, super sick super fast. (laughs) Inside, Vicky is talking with Max, Chris, and Gertie while also popping Adderall. Chris suggests he get some popcorn and M&Ms to mix it up so every handful is a little surprise. Seems fine. As he turns to leave, Vicky says, I'll have a Diet Coke and a child's popcorn. Throw half of it in the trash. You remember. (laughs) (laughs) And she also goes after him when he goes it's just she's obviously not over her ex she also knew max from before they used to be friends but we don't have a whole backstory but we know that they used to be friends in the before max's mom died times duncan comes from the back of the theater looking for them he's being very strange and weird he does this whole like bow to worship max that she's there and gertie calls him on it and he's like i don't know why i did that i know it's weird it's he's just super he's so excited he asks if he can put Max down for the Q&A after. Max says no. He says, uh, I'll, mm, I'll, I'll put you down for a maybe. When he leaves to go back into the theater, he jumps over some ropes and just trips on them, catches his foot on, knocks <laughs> over everything. He's doing a good job here. Smooth. A little bit later, they're all inside watching the first movie. It's a huge crowd. So think Tampa Theater times two, fully packed. Oh, wow. Yeah, just packed. Max is feeling a bit emotional watching her mom on the screen, which makes sense. On screen, Amanda in Camp Half, uh, Halfwood. That's Harry Potter. <laughs> no, that's, uh... Yeah, that's Harry Potter. No, Camp Half-Blood is that other child. It's the gods and the, the Greek gods and things. Oh, uh, Percy Jackson. That's it, Percy Jackson. Amanda in Camp Bloodbath character, who we'll find out in a minute, is Nancy. Tells Billy's story. It's close to Jason and Friday the 13th story. He was at a summer camp. Everybody was picking on him. In this case, it was the camp counselors, not the kids. The shots here in this part of the show are excellent. We transition from being in the movie we're watching to being in the camp bloodbath movie. 
And the transitions are great. Like somebody will light something in the camp bloodbath and then we'll zoom out and it's somebody in the movie that we're watching. So in real world, mm-hmm. back and forth. It's great. We see, uh, we are watching the movie with them a little bit. There's a jock in Camp Bloodbath. He has a tattoo of cherries, and he says he got it in juvie. He's a cherry thief. Wink. And the crowd loves it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) In the crowd, two guys pass around a liquor bottle, which drops and rolls across the floor, spilling booze everywhere. Like, they had a very... they. This movie just started and they dropped their entire <laughs> bottle. Another guy lights up a cigarette, which I think is interesting because they're inside a theater, but whatever. The ash falls into the liquor, igniting it and setting fire everywhere. It sets a curtain on fire that eventually spreads through the whole theater. The audience runs for the exits, blocking it for Max and her friends. She grabs a sharp item, which actually turns out to be the machete that the killer and the slasher is using because people you know a bunch of fans are coming so they have their fan props and stuff but this is like a real machete nice like don't do that guys uh but whatever she grabs it and she jumps up on the stage and cuts through the screen the shot here is really cool too because as max is cutting through the theater screen Mm -hmm. on the film he's slashing at somebody so they're both hacking at the same time pretty cool her friend's go through the cut in the screen and everything goes to bright white and we're not really sure what's what's happening she it stops and we look out and everybody's leaving the theater that's on fire but they go through the screen bright light and then we zoom in on her eyes and then we zoom out and she's in a forest okay so they find themselves in the woods they are right at the start of camp bloodbath oh wow they went into the movie yep Okay, so I guess Max didn't do it. The main counselors, a horny idiot named Kurt and a classic horror bimbo named Tina, drive by the friends and ask where Camp Bluefinch is. Not realizing what happened at first, the kids let the counselors drive away. This is really funny because as soon as uh, as Kurt and Tina from Camp Bloodbath drive up, Duncan goes, Tina! And she goes, (laughs) yeah? Some strange dude on the side of the road knows your name, Tina? (laughs) (laughs) says tina and then just covers his mouth and nobody says anything else so eventually tina looks at kurt who's driving and he drives away and they're just like oh what is happening 92 minutes go by then we hear the car coming back around it's the camp counselors again same thing tina asks hey do you know how to get to camp bluefinch this time chris says uh yeah it's that way that's when Duncan sets his watch. Another 92 minutes goes by because that's the film's runtime. Uh-huh. And so the third time that it comes by, Duncan says, oh, yeah, we know the way, uh, but we're also camp counselors. So if you give us a ride, we'll show you where it is. So they get into the van. That's a terrible idea. They got it. He's, he's, he says, what else are we going to do? Sit here and keep letting the movie go around and round and round? Or go join the movie and die? But they aren't in the original movie. They're not? I mean, they are in the original movie. Yeah. They are currently in the movie, but they're not part of the original movie. There we go. I don't know. So that's what he's thinking. He's like, well. Well, my thoughts are not that. Don't go into where you know people are dying. That's, you know. He does get some hesitation from the rest of the friends. And he's just like, what else are we going to do? Just keep sitting here? We we have to get out of here somehow. <laughs> Basically, he's going to play the movie. <laughs> and get people killed. 
In the van, Kurt asks where their suitcases are because their clothes are, and he makes an ew face. And then he asks, are you poor? <laughs> are you poor people? <laughs> Vicky comments under her breath, says the guy in the crop top. Because <laughs> he's literally wearing a crop top jersey and acid wash jeans. <laughs> We're in the movie of Camp Half-Blood, Camp Bloodbath. We're at the scene where Nancy, Amanda... Max's mom, mm-hmm. pops up from the back seat. Max is in the van now. And so her mom just popped up. Her dead mom just pops up from the back seat. And Max slowly turns around to see her mom. She has tears in her eyes when she sees her. And Max is speechless. Nancy says, first time away from home? It's okay. It's hard being away from your parents. And we just see a tear drip down Max's face. I thought Nancy handled that really well. Nancy seems like a real sweet girl. Nancy handled it well, but did Max not expect that? She knew, but she also didn't... I mean, how are you going to know how you're going to feel when you see your dead parent? I don't know, but feel like you gotta brace yourself. If you know it's coming, you gotta brace yourself. (laughs) The group arrives at Camp Bluefinch. Duncan tries to get Kurt to leave him the keys to the van so that they can find a way out of the movie. But Kurt tosses the keys into the woods. Cool. Thanks, Kurt. Max tries to get Nancy away from Kurt because her character is fated to die after losing her virginity to him. Her character in the 80s movie is the sweet, shy girl who has sex with the dumb, horny jock who is always trying to have sex with people and then get murdered. Oh, I thought she was the final girl. Not Nancy. So Nancy's not the mom? Nancy is the mom. That's what I thought. I thought you just she was the you just messed with the wrong version. Nope. Okay. I didn't say that was Nancy. I just said that was the uh-huh. final scene. I know. it's When you're watching it, it's not confusing to follow. Yeah, I imagine. Okay, so Nancy's character is supposed to have sex with Kurt on a waterbed <laughs> and then get slashed up on a waterbed. That's how Camp Bloodbath goes. They basically fall into their previous roles with Max being the responsible one and Amanda being a little wild free spirit. The five friends go into the woods to look for the keys just as the first kills in the film are about to take place. The five watches Billy shows up and kills the two horny counselors. We saw this scene play out in the opening commercial, opening trailer. There's a hippie girl and a hiker dude, and they're in the woods, and as they're about to have sex, that's when Billy, the slasher guy, comes in and kills them both. So Duncan knows this is one of his favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. He's a bathmetician. Yes. So he knows what's going to happen and runs over and brings everybody over to watch this happen. He kills them. Billy appears to spot the five friends and everyone except Duncan runs. Duncan realizes that since they're not part of the movie, Billy doesn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So Duncan thinks he's invincible until Billy hurls his machete into Duncan's side, <laughs> apparently killing him and proving to the other four that they have no immunity. Oh, what a shock. Yeah. They run away, but find themselves in a movie loop because they run the wrong direction. Uh-huh. And so they go around in circles a couple of times. It resets to that scene. They realize the movie will reset whenever they go the way the movie doesn't want them to go. A little bit later, all the counselors and our group are sitting in a sing-along circle. Our group is trying to make a plan, look for weapons, stick to the final girl, etc., while the other counselors are just kind of talking because they don't know anything's happened yet. The film's badass final girl, Paula, shows up to the camp. Since she's the only one that kills Billy at the end of the film, 
the group decide that they want to stick with her. Yeah. The friends decide to keep an eye on everyone in the meantime because the killing doesn't start until dark and right now it's daytime. So they want to make sure that they don't summon Billy and the way that Billy is summoned in the movie is if a girl takes her top off. <laughs> so they have to keep everyone's tops on. Yeah, okay. So and nobody can have sex. So they have to keep everybody until they figure out a, a better plan. We see Chris with Kurt, the dumb jock from the opening who also said, are you guys poor people? Are you poor? Uh, he's looking at a playboy. He says he could motorboat those boobs for hours. That sounds boring. It sounds like your lips would go numb and everybody <laughs> would get real bored. But he says that. And Chris says, yeah, and look at those articles. I could read those articles all night. <laughs> Kurt asks if he's gay using the F slur. Oh, cool. Yeah. Chris says, my dads are gay, so shut the hell up. Kurt says, yeah, right. Gay guys can't have kids. Besides, <laughs> they're too busy going to discos, having sex with each other. It's a pretty cool lifestyle, actually. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I have to tell you is Kurt is the character you're supposed to hate. But the way that they have made this character, I think I laughed at everything that he said. <laughs> I heard you laughing a lot. Yeah. There's some other things coming up that I've really just lost it over. So the friends decide to try to stop everyone from having sex so that Billy won't show up. Max bursts into the bedroom during the scene that we saw in the theater where Nancy is getting ready for Kurt. She's spraying perfume around. She's trying to make it all very nice and sweet. She's lighting candles, you know, virgin stuff. She says <laughs> Nancy is, or Max is telling Nancy not to go through with this. Kurt doesn't actually like you, but he said he likes me. Yeah, but he's not acting like he likes you. It's a, very similar to the Palm Springs guy. Mm -hmm. Nancy says that you probably think I'm such a zero, which is a thing that Amanda said to Max in the car that night too. Then Kurt bursts in ready for the first sex scene of the movie, except Nancy is getting dressed and Max is standing between them. But Kurt doesn't get the hint. He says something like, oh, two for one and takes his <laughs> pants off. <laughs> He's just a, and they both go, ew. <laughs> it was great. We also hear the Camp Bloodbath monster music when Billy shows up. So our friends hear it. Okay. The camp counselors can't hear it because they're in the movie and people in the movie can never hear it. But we hear it and the friends can hear it. Billy is mentioned. So they get through that whole scene upstairs. Billy is mentioned while everybody's downstairs. And Nancy, that's Nancy's trigger to start her telling the legend of Billy. Okay. If Billy is mentioned... Nancy's cue is to sit down. Everybody, whatever they were doing, they all kind of walk into a circle. Circle and, time. Yes. And they all sit in circle time and they listen to the story because that's the trigger. So Nancy is telling his urban legend, taking Max and her friends into a black and white flashback. So the only people not dragged into the circle are the people who aren't originally supposed to be in the movie. So our friends are seeing things dripping down and not knowing what's going on. And then they show up in black and white and they're in the flashback <laughs> oh nice so they're in 1957 when billy was a camper he was always made fun of for being different and ugly so he hid in an outhouse to escape the bullying one camper throws firecrackers into the outhouse burning billy's face and scarring him after eight months in the burn ward billy went back to the camp to exact his revenge he decided he was going to kill one counselor for every month in the ward so eight counselors and he created a mask to cover his burned, scarred face. So he's wearing a creepy mask, wielding a machete, goes in to kill the counselors. 
As the friends watch Billy's murders, some blood sprays on Gertie's face. And when they return from the flashback back into Camp Bloodbath, the counselors see the blood on Gertie's face. Everybody panics. Yeah. Because she didn't have blood on her a minute ago, but right. now she does. Paula and Kurt panic, and Paula drives them both away in her car. So Paula, the final girl, is like, I'm getting out of here. And Duncan's like, get in the car! So he jumps in the seat with her. And I thought Duncan was dead. Oh, I'm, I meant, sorry. Um, Kurt. Paula and Kurt oh. get into the car. Sorry. And they are driving away everybody all, all the rest of the counselors are running tina trips so nancy and the a guy i haven't mentioned yet pick her up and that's when the our friends are like you you can't leave you can't leave the movie none of us can leave this movie we have to get through this movie paula the final girl and kurt are driving away as they're driving duncan emerges alive oh and he gets hit by the car oh I don't know where he goes. He just like flies into the atmosphere. Paula then crashes into a totem pole, ejecting Kurt from the passenger seat and causing him to die by breaking all of his bones. <laughs> now Paula's yelling and Chris yells for her to not move because the friends are like, we have to get Paula back here because she's the only one who can machete Billy. She's the final girl. Paula's car explodes, oh. killing Paula. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So now the final girl is dead. I, I had a feeling they were going to end up accidentally killing the final girl. Max and her friends then reveal to the surviving counselors that they are all in a movie and that they need a new final girl to kill Billy. Uh, they even made Tina put on a life jacket <laughs> with mittens that they duct taped to her hands and she's wearing galoshes and they just keep putting, they put a bunch of stuff on her because as soon as she takes her top off, She's the oh. the horror bimbo. Okay. Gotcha. As soon as she takes her top off, Billy comes. But they aren't ready for him. So they have to keep her clothes on. God. And her character is great. She's got these big doe eyes and she's real. She just wants to have a good time. She just wants to listen to her Walkman and dance and take off her top. Who among us doesn't? Right? So they've taped her all up. Her scene in Camp Bloodbath is she does a strip tease at the slumber party that all of the counselors have that first night, and that's when she dies. So that's why they've duct taped her and all of this stuff. She asks why Billy doesn't like her boobs, and she says, Is it because they aren't big? <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of looks at the looks at her chest, which is actually covered by the life preserver. And since the final girl has to be a virgin, because this is an 80s movie. Everyone thinks it should be Max. They go around the room and realize who who isn't a virgin and who is and who they thought was and whatever. They okay. tell all the stories. But it's got to be Nancy. Max says Nancy should be the final girl. Yeah. But Vicky comments that she can't be. She's Vic, Oh, Vicky is Chris's ex-girlfriend. Vicky comments that she can't be because of who her character is. She's the shy girl with the clipboard and the guitar. She's fated to die. <laughs> Nancy runs out crying because it hurts her feelings. So Max follows her to console her. The gang prepares for Billy's arrival that night, and Vicky apologizes to Max and Gertie for her behavior. Because she used to be good friends with Max before Amanda's death, and Max shut out Vicky and became friends with Gertie in the aftermath, while Vicky felt jealous and hurt. And the girls forgive Vicky. The whole thing, though, is that of, of course Max shut down after her mother's death. Yeah. So this seems... Organic, actually. It seems like an organic move for what would happen. The cabin has been booby-trapped in anticipation of Billy. There's a whole booby-trap montage. Nice. It's pretty great. Vicky apologizes 
from, for some past mean girl things. And it turns out she knows she's going to die because she's the mean girl in an 80s slasher and we're well past the midpoint. <laughs> the, one of the things that she did was when they were younger, Vicky got everyone at the school to call Gertie some name and then put, <laughs> and then put bacon all over her locker. And Gertie says, ah, that's okay. Last year I told everyone that you had some sort of disease that had you on your period all the time. <laughs> and Vicky goes, wow, that's evil. And Gertie says, thanks. <laughs> it's a real good scene. <laughs> now we go back to inside the, the main camp house where they had booby trapped at the main cabin. And Tina is like a puppy slash toddler. She is getting into everything that's supposed to be keeping her safe. And she wants to take her clothes off. Yeah. She's not hurting anybody. She's not doing anything bad, but she's she just can't not fidget and try to take off the everything. It's really funny. Uh, Vicky comes in and tells her to stop. Max and Nancy have another moment. Nancy gives Max a friendship bracelet so that Max will never forget her. Oh. Yeah. Max says, how could I ever forget you? Nancy blinks a little confused because they've only known each other for a few hours, <laughs> as far as Nancy knows. Uh-huh. And Max is really struggling, but she's doing a good job holding it together. She Wait, wants to... did they explain that they're in a movie? Yes, back when everybody blew up. That's what I thought. So why not explain that the actor who plays you is my mother? I think it's just too much. <laughs> Knowing that you're a fictional character, I think, is as messed up as it gets. I don't think you can really go past that. I don't know. Wouldn't it be weird to find out you're a surprise parent? <sighs> No, the actor that's playing your character. Not you, not the character. But they're real in this world. Yeah. I don't know. They're not Finding out you're a fictional character, I think, is as deep as it gets. I don't know, because you just know your own stuff. What difference would it make? It would make a gigantic difference. I don't think so, because you would just be living it's, your own life. You're not. You're living whatever life was written for you. That's the biggest mindfuck of all time. That's kind of what we do, though. That's what society is. Uh... We live in a society. <laughs> I knew that was coming. But we do. We do the things that we're supposed to be doing. It's already pre-planned. It's not the same. Okay. Whatever you need to tell yourself so you can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But no, she doesn't tell this teenage girl that, surprise, not only are you fake, but you're also my mother. Max wants to have Nancy survive the movie, obviously, so that they can make it out of the movie together and perhaps start a new life for Nancy in Max's world. Nancy gets excited about this, about the chance to not die, and hugs Max. And then we, and Max starts tearing up again because freaking of course she does. Her mother's hugging her. Her dead mother's hugging her. <laughs> okay, so we get back into the main cabin. So we had that, that scene and it was time. We had the lovely scene and now we're back in the cabin. Tina is hopped up on Vicky's Adderall. <laughs> Vicky asks her how many Tic Tacs she's had, and Tina says, they weren't Tic Tacs. I had three. No ten. No thirty. <laughs> <laughs> she's shaking and intense, and it's so funny. <laughs> so Tina, who is bait, is the bait, is super down to do her striptease. Mm. She is super focused. She's had her Adderall, and she is in it to win it. So she does this incredible but very aggressive striptease. And 
at the end of it, she she's they have this whole thing set up. They make sure everybody's set up. They've got the trap set up. They hit the music. This is one of the times I was laughing. Tina is aggressively strip teasing, just taking off the duct tape <laughs> and the life preserver and the galoshes. <laughs> and then at the end, she lifts up her, she's wearing a bikini top and she lifts up her bikini top and yells. And that's when we see Billy. So they've summoned Billy. Chris tries to get her not to run or move yet because they need Billy to get closer to the door for all of the traps to work because they're inside. But Tina gets scared, of course, as Billy gets closer and runs. Oh, and one of the things that they had set up as the trap was a bear trap. Uh And Tina trips and her head gets caught in the bear trap and Tina is done. Yep. Chris sets off another trap as Billy enters the room. Enters the cabin where a log swings from the ceiling and knocks Billy into some antlers they have put on the door to Uh, impale him. Nice. So now he's impaled on the door. Shout out to Lost Boys. (laughs) Yep. So now everybody thinks they've won because they've impaled Billy. Gertie and Blake, I haven't mentioned Blake at all. Blake is a fun character, but he hasn't done anything in the to move things. He hasn't done anything to move things forward. But Gertie and Blake kiss. And then Blake goes downstairs to, I don't, I don't know, stand near Billy, thinking that he's dead. But obviously he's not. He's alive. And Billy guts Blake with the Now, is, he, is Blake real or a movie? Blake is one of the counselors. Okay. The others run upstairs. The remaining people run upstairs. It's primarily our, our friends, our real people. Mm-hmm. And then Nancy, I think that's it. I think Nancy's the last of the counselors alive at this point. Hmm. <laughs> So they run upstairs where, oh, one of the things that they had gotten ready were flaming arrows. You got a summer camp. You got archery. They put, they dipped, okay, on the tips of the arrows, they put tampons. And then they put the tampons at the end of the arrows into liquor. And then they lit them on fire. And so now they have flaming arrows to shoot at Billy. I mean, they got everything. They really did think about this booby trap. It's great. (laughs) As they're running upstairs and Billy's chasing them, they shoot arrows, flaming arrows at him. As this scene progresses, Billy just has like nine flaming arrows stuck in his body (laughs) and he's still coming after them. We're up in a room upstairs. Billy comes in and knocks a bookcase on top of Gertie and Vicky. Then he impales Gertie with his machete. Nancy is still stuck. Nancy gets out the window. Max and Chris flee after. After Vicky tells them to go, it's okay. Because remember, Vicky knows that she's the mean girl, so she's going to die. Right. When she says go, she pulls what was another booby trap. They Home Alone. <laughs> and this movie. Rivals. I would love to see it. You're next. Uh, yes. Just great booby traps. So after Chris and Max get out the window, Nancy's already outside. Vicky pulls a rope and dumps a bucket of lighter fluid on top of Billy, who has all of the all of the arrows yeah. on fire, and catches everything on fire. And there's a huge explosion. <laughs> of course, because there has to be. Yes, just obliterates that whole room, the whole upper story of that cabin. Of course, this doesn't kill Billy because this is a slasher, and he bursts out of the window on fire and in slow motion. So now everything's in slow motion. Even the friends? Even the friends. Okay. The three run away, still in slow motion. (laughs) 
until and they're just running this whole sequence takes like three minutes of them being in slow motion (laughs) everything's in slow motion they are about to jump into this ditch they're running through the woods at this point and billy grabs chris's leg and breaks the slow motion as soon as billy touches chris slow motion is broken they fall into the mud pit that they were jumping over into or whatever and chris tells nancy to start telling the story again because they are cornered which i thought was a really good idea Hmm. tell the story again so they can get into the flashback and by themselves sometime. So they do, and it works. Um, they go into the black and white flashback. Billy picks up, uh, Max picks up Billy's machete in the flashback. So they all come into the flashback. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of it, there's a car that drives up, and then it says summer 1957. And between the summer 1957 text and the car pulling up is Billy, and that car hits Billy from before. Okay. Because he also came into the flashback. And that's when he loses his machete and Max picks it up. So now they're in the flashback. We don't know where Billy is. Besides, he got hit by the car. But we know that's not going to kill him. Yeah. So now they're in the flashback. Billy finds them in the flashback. And they ru- they rush Nancy to finish the, the tale. Get to the end so we can get back to the other thing. Because that's how it's working. Which is really... I thought it was a pretty cool technique. And it takes them back to Camp Bloodbath present. So now we're back in color. Chris gets stabbed, then Billy kidnaps Nancy. Chris grabs Max as she tries to go get Nancy. He says she's gone, and Max says, no, she's not. And she's watching her mother get carried away, who she's trying to save. It's pretty emotional. Also, Billy's changing his M.O. now. Right? Stealing her? Yeah, and if Max has the machete, how did Chris get stabbed? I don't know if he has another machete, and now they both have machetes. You know what? I didn't pay enough attention to figure out how the machete went from how how the mach- that it happened fast. Okay. I don't know. Between them coming back, Chris is stabbed. He has to get stabbed because he's not a virgin. Okay. And the, the only person at the end of the, we're getting close to the end of the movie, so we have to kill everybody else. Max brings Chris into an abandoned chapel because at this camp there's a giant chapel. That's a thing. Chris doesn't want her to leave. He doesn't want to die alone, but Max assures him he won't die. She takes the machete and runs to find Nancy in Billy's barn. Because this is a whole area that is brand new because <laughs> it needs to be there for the movie. Camp Bloodbath. Uh-huh. So there's Billy's barn. It's a creepy barn and there's a thunderstorm because there must be. We got to get all of the tropes in here. Yeah. When Max goes into the barn, the creepy barn, there are mason jars. I don't know exactly what's in them, but this is what it looked like. It looked like there was sand in the bottom of the mason jars and fingers in the sand. (laughs) Okay. We see bodies hung on the wall. It's very dark, but there's lightning. So there's flashes and we see bodies being hung on the wall. One of them is Nancy, but she isn't dead. Max fights Billy, but gets stabbed. Nancy gets Billy off Max and stabs Billy. And they run back to the chapel through the thunderstorm. So Nancy and Max run through, run back to the chapel where Chris is also stabbed. So the only person not stabbed at this point is Nancy. <laughs> okay. And Nancy realizes that since only the final girl can kill Billy, it has to be Max. Because Nancy's already slated to die in this movie. So her character has to die in order for Max to be the final girl. Max breaks down into tears as Nancy explains why Max has to be the final girl. And Max says, I just wanted to save you. And that's where I stopped typing because I was sobbing. <laughs> why? <laughs> I was just a snotty wreck. Max tells Nancy 
who she is outside of the movie at this point and Max, how Max wished she could make her mom's dream of becoming a star come true. Nancy tells Max that she knows where to find her. You can always come back. You know where to find me. And Nancy walks out of the chapel because she's she has to die. I'm going to cry again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. The second time I watched this, I stopped before this part because uh, I had oh. things to do today. Oh, no. So. You want me to pause it? Nope. I'm, I got it. So she goes outside and does a strip tease to summon Billy. She's dancing to Betty Davis eyes like she was before. Yeah. She's dancing around and she's looking back at Max. Max can see her through the chapel door and she's dying on her terms. Okay, but now you have to stop it. (laughs) Okay, we're back. So Nancy's outside dancing and because the only way to summon Billy is to take your top off, she's out dancing in the rainstorm and unbuttons her shirt. She's dancing and looking at Max and Billy comes out of the woods behind her and kills her. Max falls over when, cause she's watching her mom die again. And she, I wasn't sure if she fainted or because of this and being stabbed or whatever, but she kind of falls over and then she recovers. She grabs the machete, walks out of the chapel and says, you just fucked with the wrong virgin. She battles with Billy in a pretty epic 80s slasher scene. <laughs> like, they are fly. They are. He's throwing her 50 <laughs> yards. And she lands and kind of slides. And then she recovers. And they're. It's a. You know how I feel about fight scenes. Yep. This one can stay. <laughs> it's longer than 60 seconds? It's not much longer. And okay. it's really good. So it's a, it's, it is a really good slasher fight scene, final girl fight scene. Eventually, she takes his machete and chops his head off. Great. Chris walks over to Nancy as the sun is rising. And another cool way that they did this, the credits start rolling in between, in the sky. Yeah. So the sun's rising. We, we see the tree line and it's rising above that. Pretty cool. They kiss. And I said, I need a tissue because I haven't stopped crying yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the film's rating stamp shows up before the reel starts to break off. It gets really intense because this is the end of the film and they are real people now stuck yeah. in this film. They hold each other tight as the film film reel breaks and everything gets really bright white again like it did when they got into the movie. So bright white. Max wakes up in the hospital with Chris in the bed next to her. So they're both in the hospital bed and hospital gowns. She hears voices. There's a curtain and she hears voices behind it. She pulls back the curtain to find Duncan, Gertie, and Vicky. They're all alive. Yay, they made it out. They're all wearing hospital gowns. Gertie and Duncan are bickering because apparently Duncan's been sitting there for however long eating like 12 tapioca puddings. (laughs) (laughs) He just won't stop eating them. But it's not bickering, it's banter. It's it's really fun and and light, which is good because you need this at this point. I said they're all wearing hospital gowns, but their hair is amazing. Nice. Yeah. Max asks if it was a dream. But Duncan disproves that by showing off his machete wound. Oh. So he stands up and just lifts his gown up and you can just see he's got it all stitched. He says he got stitched, but he's um, by an incompetent doctor. He's more worried about tetanus because he's pretty sure he saw some rust on that machete. (laughs) Max looks at her wrist to see the friendship bracelet that Nancy gave her. Oh, no. Yeah. And then they hear Billy's music. Uh Uh-oh. Billy's, I said, they hear Billy's coming music. (laughs) So they don't know 
Like, where are they now? They're obviously in a hospital, but what? The friends look outside the room. They all lean through the door. As, as you do, you know, mm-hmm. you and your friends leaning out the door to see who's outside. One of you squatting real low. Yep. And one of you on tiptoes, the tallest on tiptoes above so that everybody's head can line up. Yep. Yep. So they just do that very normal, natural thing. They look out the room to find a doctor and a nurse about to get intimate. Oh, no. <laughs> then Billy bursts through the window. <laughs> no. As the friends realize they are in the The sequel. sequel. <laughs> Max wastes no time in grabbing the nearest pointy item and, like, she's ready. Billy's charging. She's about to charge. And she's going to run in to fight Billy again. And scene. All right. So at the beginning you said you could mention actors' names because I wasn't going to know any of them. So who are some of the actors? Oh, I meant their their character names. But, um, so I can mention really anybody at this point. Thomas Middleditch was Duncan. I know Thomas Middleditch. So good. So fun. Adam Devine. I know Adam Devine. He was Kurt. Uh-huh. And he improvised. He and Thomas Middleditch improvised a lot of their lines. They were encouraged to go off script. Their banter, both of them. How old is this movie? 2015. Uh, Adam Devine was pretty big at the time. I think Middleditch might have been just starting to get pretty famous. But Adam Devine was famous at that point. Um, Angela Trimber is tina you might not know who she is i don't i don't recognize her name i didn't look at what she's in but she was tina and she improvised her entire dance sequence her her striptease she slammed energy drinks to get in character and worked (laughs) herself up for the frantic dance nice so that was really cool here's a bit of trivia about this whole movie the film was conceived and co-written by joshua john miller as a way of dealing with the death of his dad jason miller who had starred as father Karis oh. in The Exorcist. Wow, okay. I realize when I'm reading names out loud, I don't know what anybody's <laughs> name is out loud outside my head. But how meta is that? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. And then we watched this woman whose name I am blanking on. Apparently there's no fun trivia about her in here. Okay. Let me. Farminga? <laughs> oh. Okay, hold on. I got it. I have to look at it. Thaisa Farminga, yes, I got it. Farmiga is the nun in the the nun who hasn't said her vows in the nun, oh. who is Farmiga, the the sister of. Okay. Yep. So she's she's in this. Here are some of the pictures from the movie. All right. So are you gonna tell me what the name of the movie is? Oh, the name of the movie is The Final Girls. Ah. All right. And we've got. Malin Ackerman. I feel like I know who she is. Alexander Ludwig. Okay, that's Malin Ackerman. She looks amazing when she's playing the mom and when she's playing the teenager. Oh, so she plays... Okay. Of of course, it's hard... To, I had to look up everybody's ages because everybody looks like they could be any age except teenagers. Yeah. But I really like that because I think that was done because in the 80s, all of the... High schoolers were like 30-year-old people, so it worked. It was really an interesting, it was a fun concept for sure. So not really your genre as far as slasher, but it is a comedy. No, it's a horror comedy. That's exactly my... Which is exactly yours, yes. So what do you think? You started off saying you absolutely were not in... Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely in. Great, because <laughs> I have rented it on YouTube for 48 hours, and we can watch it tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, 
I guess we pause here and then I come back and give my verdict. Yep. All right. Okay. You're two for two. Yeah. And we're back. (laughs) And I've watched it. You've got me two for two on Would You Watch This. Awesome. Actually, I should say one for one because this one's going to come out before the other one. Oh, yep. So ignore that. (laughs) Pretend you didn't hear it. All right. So what did you like about this? Uh, It's my favorite movie genre. It's a horror comedy. It's good. It, It had the laughs. It had the deaths. I was never really scared. but No. But, you know, horror comedy isn't about scaring you. About. No. Entertaining. It was a good premise. I liked the premise. It was hard to explain on the walkthrough, but they really did a good job, I think, yeah. in the production. Yeah, I liked it. It's a good movie. And the characters were obviously caricatures, but how did you feel about these actors playing these caricatures? I'm not a huge Adam Devine fan. I feel like they should have got somebody a lot better looking to play that character. I think that might have been the point. Oh, then I didn't get the point. Because <laughs> that character is supposed to be the good-looking, hot stud guy. Yeah. I feel like it should have been a good-looking, hot st- Like, the guy who played the uh, Chris, he would have he been, he would have fit better in that role. Maybe, but I don't think he could have ad-libbed No, he wouldn't have been nearly as funny. But. I, I kind of took it as, yeah, as they got a funny guy to play that role because... That guy's usually not funny yeah. in in the 80s horror comedies. He's just a misogynist. Yeah. So it was fun to see him. I don't know. It was fun. Plus, beauty standards have changed drastically since the 80s. Not that much. I mean, he wouldn't have been the... He wouldn't have been the hot guy in an 80s movie. No, but it, it has changed wildly. What did you think about Max's arc? I mean, it didn't hit me as hard as it hit you. It's never going <laughs> it's to. It's not going to. Uh, it was a good arc. I liked it, and so I was. I I obviously was hit hard, as you all know, because you've got. If you've gotten this far, you heard us have to take a break because I was crying <laughs> talking about it. Um, I also left the room during that last scene when we watched it. Yeah. Yep. So I watched the final girls three times in the last thirty-six hours, <laughs> and. Watched that end dance one time. Wow. The other two times I left or turned it off and yeah, and then just went away. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, the, I really like the way that they did that because you very rarely get the redemption of the, in the stories where mothers die or parents die, you very rarely get the redemption of them being able to come back and make that decision for themselves. Uh, yeah. Ugh. And then when, so that that definitely hits real close to home. And then when Max, I pointed out at the beginning of the, when we were watching it, when Amanda says, I love you to Max, and Max doesn't say it back. Yeah. Because at the very end, Max says, I love you. I didn't get to say it. And that's another thing that I've struggled with for 20 years. Yeah. And so this whole... It's a horror comedy, so don't have, don't let me crying at the end of it <laughs> turn you off of this. It's a, it's a solid movie. I laughed often, but this, this story, this through line, hit me. And also Moses, Moses. Also. <laughs> real close to home. Good movie. I, w- I would watch it. I did watch it, and now, dear listener, you should watch it. Yes, I want. 
a second episode. I want Cruel no. Summer. They obviously set that up to do it. I don't know why they haven't yet. I know. It makes no sense. I, I, everybody go watch Final Girls, the Final Girls now so that they will give us a, the Final Girls 2, I mean, Camp Bloodbath, <laughs> Cruel Summer. Yes. All right. All right. Everybody do that. Do it, please. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Atuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 